Good morning. Can you hear me? All? Oh, there I am. All right. Always wonder a little bit about this headset, so always glad when it works. Well, I feel like this is a special occasion because uh, this is the Sunday morning before launching the new campus in Evansville. And I'm picking that word carefully. I'm not saying a new church because we're all the same church. This is all Wellspring, but we're opening a second campus in Evansville. And we're going to have a... uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, emphasis, priority over there for a little bit, but not neglecting this campus, okay? Just make sure everybody realizes that. And, and as we grow and learn over there, we apply those things here as well. So I had no idea I would be speaking the Sunday before launch, uh, which is probably good because I would have tried to do something that I thought was appropriate. And the whole time, uh, I know the Lord has been working on uh, what actually is appropriate. So let's start off with a word of prayer. Oh, the roof, the noise we're hearing, that's from the roofers. Oh, oh, that's fun. Okay. That gives me a challenge. It gives me experience here. It's good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Uh, Lord, I just personally thank you for a privilege to get to speak today, but I pray, Lord, most importantly, that it is your words that are said today. Lord, that you speak to our hearts and our souls, our minds, and you give us what we need today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the title of my message today, and I want you to hold off what you might think when you first hear it, is unworthy servants. Now that kind of sounds kind of judgmental, doesn't it? Unworthy servants, that sounds harsh. But hold off on what you might think that means uh, until the end. Unworthy servants. Let's start off Matthew 5.16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, this verse, the context of this verse is right where we're talking about a city on a hill is not hidden and don't hide your light under a bushel. And then those classic Christian verses, we, Bible verses we like to quote as Christians, and it ends with, let your shine bef- light shine before others. They may see your good deeds, but who do they glorify? Glorify your Father in heaven, not us. They see us, but they're glorifying him. And that's important. So I'll, I'll tell you, I want to have a uh, kind of a heart-to-heart with you this morning. I feel like God really wants me to share some personal things. My preference, maybe it's be coming from uh, tending to be a teacher more so than a preacher, is to put together a very nice academic lesson and have a lot of scripture and just really put together a really good uh, theology And I really feel like the last several weeks, really, basically since the last time I spoke, the Lord was saying for my next message, need to share some personal things, need to share some things from the heart. So I want to have a little heart-to-heart this morning with my church family. This is a really exciting day for me to uh, what we're about to launch into with this this new work. But I want to talk a little bit about serving now. Pastor Chad just preached a message on serving last week, 
And that's fine. That's great. I actually really enjoyed that, ser- that sermon, and I found it interesting because uh, he talked about the full-service gas stations. And as a kid, there was, uh, back in Louisville, there was still a gas station that had one side of it was self-serve, one side was full-serve. So I actually really related to what he was saying about hearing that bell and, and hearing the call to serve. But lots of people feel like they're called to serve, but there's some preconceived ideas with that. So let me talk about that for a little bit. So I either either know either friends, family, or people that I know, several of them have gone into the military. And I'm a, a huge uh, supporter of veterans' military, really, uh, really proud of them for doing that. But sometimes things don't quite go like they expect. So if you, so I know someone who went in, and they're they're going in to serve their country, but every, all the plan was went to school, became an officer, uh, his whole life training, firearms, hand to hand combat, and everything about him was he's going to lead a special forces team. I, I played with him as kids with GI Joe, and I mean everything about this guy. Everything is this guy's going to lead a special forces team, and he's telling me his career plan, and he's got everything in place. He's going to lead a special forces team, and he goes, to, he does the schooling, and he does everything you're supposed to do, and he can make me look bad on the shooting range, and he can do all everything that he, uh, everything that you're supposed to do, and he ends up in a cubicle doing paperwork at, at a U.S. base at a computer. Not what he planned. Serving, but not serving the way he thought he was meant to do. Another guy, he's going to fly fighter planes for the U.S. Navy. You know, he's seen Top Gun. He's gonna, that's going to be him. He's even got the nickname. His friends gave him a, nick, a cool nickname that that's what you're supposed to have. You're going to be a fighter pilot. Yeah, he's going to be a fighter pilot. He's going to fly those planes off of an aircraft carrier. He goes in, and that's what he's all about. He made it to the aircraft carrier. He's working in the kitchen, but he made it to the aircraft carrier. <laughs> he's not flying any planes, not even close. I guess he's on, he's on, the, he's on the boat, but he's not flying, flying the planes. Another guy I heard, hey, he's joined the Air Force to see the world. He's a young man. He wants to see the world. He's going to join the Air Force. And got stationed in his hometown Air Force base. <laughs> right down the street from where he went to high school. <laughs> Another guy, hey, the Navy again. Hey, I want to go across the ocean. Yeah, I'm going to be on a boat. I'm going to go across the ocean. Joins the Navy and is stationed in Fallon, Nevada. <laughs> Nowhere near. And my dad will visit Fallon, Nevada during his time in the Navy. But if you're stationed there, you're really far from the ocean. So we have lots of these examples. How about something? Uh, how about social workers? And teachers, child care workers, I constantly hear about cases where people are going to school to be a social worker, and that they then they have this sense of I'm going to help people, and it's a wonderful thing to get into. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna help people, I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna be the hero. And then they actually come in and start doing that work, and they're they're and they're gone with a short period of time because the people they're working with are so hard to work with and they don't say thank you and they don't 
they're not, they're not nice to work with. They're, they're hurting people, and they tend to lash out and hurt people. And they find, wait, I don't get to be the hero. Like I just serve, and I don't get the, I don't get the positive affirmation. I'm just, it wasn't what I was picturing. Sometimes you see that childcare workers come in, going to school to be early childhood education. And they come in and they, they start to work in child care and they quit their second day. They go, I can't stand it. I can't stand being around the kids. And like, okay, that's, that's going to be a problem for being a teacher or childhood education because that involves children. First responders struggle with this a lot of times. They sign up, oh, I'm going to be a police officer, a firefighter, a paramedic. Going to be a hero, and those are wonderful. Please understand, none of this is at all insulting these professions or people that pursue these. But a lot of people that go into these things have preconceived ideas, and they end up not succeeding in it because they have, they have. Yes, I'm going to serve, but I'm going to be the hero as I'm serving. I'm going to get something out of it. I'm going to feel really good about myself going into it. You see, I, you know, I really appreciate, hey, someone becomes a firefighter, and that's a very noble thing to do. But if they go into, I'm just going to be the hero. Hey, I, I stood out in the parking lot, Tracy and I out in the parking lot watching our apartment building several years ago with 10-foot flames coming out of the roof and our apartment building burning. And I'm, I, I was, had this sense of peace. God was going to take care of us, and I was, so, I was very happy to see the firefighters pull up. But there's neighbors screaming, angry the firefighters are not doing more, are not doing enough to fight this fire. I'm glad they showed up. I'm glad I didn't have to fight it all myself. I'm glad to see them. But not everybody treats a heroic profession like heroes. A lot of paramedics, hospital workers get burned out because the people they're working, the people that they're treating, they're not the hero. They don't, they don't feel like they're the hero because the people that they're working with don't necessarily appreciate them or thank them because they're suffering. If you work in those areas, most people you encounter are sick and they're in pain and they're not nice. And police officers, I don't even know if I need to say anything about that after the past couple of years. Talk about an underappreciated group. A group that does not get treated like heroes. So if we go into serving and we're kind of, and we're thinking, yeah, I'm, oh yeah, I'm going to serve, but... I get to be the, the special forces hero. I get, to be the, I get to be the hero that comes in and gets to do what I'm really good at. What does that do to us? What, what does that do when we don't get to do those things? Or we get in and maybe people don't say thank you or maybe we don't, we don't get to that good feeling that we want about ourselves from doing the service. We just, we're just serving and we have to have a good reason on the inside for why we're serving. What, so, put a little specifics on it. So let's say, okay, I'm going to, yeah, we've got, this, we've got this new campus opening up, a whole bunch of opportunity for ministry. But I've got, an, I've got a preconceived idea of what my ministry within this new campus should look like. And if I don't get to do the things I want to do or feel like I, f- f- that make me feel good, what am, how am I going to start treating other people around me if I don't get to do what I want to do? Or if I don't get to, or I have to start doing things that I don't feel like I'm good at or comfortable or, or most importantly, don't make me feel good. 
how am I going to, I'm going to start to lash out at people or I'm going to start to get tired or bitter or I'm going to start to get, it's not going to go well, right? Happens in all these occupations, happens in the church all the time. I want to make sure I'm saying, I don't want to pick on this church, just what we're about to do. I'm not trying to say there's going to be problems or anything, but what we're trying to do as a church here, there's a lot of opportunity for problems. (laughs) There's a lot of opportunity for conflict. Let's be on guard for that. Let's realize, hey, being a servant, you don't always get to pick what you want to do. You're in, you serve in the military, you don't always get to choose to do the cool stuff. You have to do the, somebody's got to do the hard stuff, the stuff that doesn't get any glamour or glory. First Corinthians chapter 1, 26 through 31. And I love this verse for right now. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were called, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. I'm going to read that one again. Why does God use people that aren't maybe, and like, hey, Jason, what are you trying to say about our church? No, bear with me. This applies to me. I'm going to be taking on things, we're all going to be taking on things in this new work that we don't necessarily seem like maybe the most qualified to do. Or the, or I, I know other people that would be better at this, but God chooses the weak things of the world to shame the strong so that no one may boast before him. Sounds like Matthew 5, where we do the work, but he gets the glory. We don't get to boast about it. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is, our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So, if we're going to boast, we boast in the Lord. I'm going to go right to where that, I'm going to skip a little notes here. I'm going to go right to where it is written. See, verse 31 there says, Therefore it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Well, where that is written is Jeremiah 9. This is what the Lord says, verse 23. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I, the Lord, who exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for I delight, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. I want to ask a couple of questions here then. So if, if I'm not, if, if we are to boast, we boast in the Lord, not about ourselves. Doesn't, doesn't mean that we don't recognize that we have, some of us have different skills that can be helpful in this. That's great. But what happens when 
the Lord starts doing something, things are happening. We've got a couple of questions with this new, with this new work. I've got two questions I really want to ponder with you here. First question, am I putting enough in? Am I doing enough? Am I, put, am I putting enough in? Second question, am I getting enough out? This first question, am I putting enough in? Now, I'll tell you, my, kind of, my personality, a lot of times I tend to feel like I'm not doing enough. Pretty high level of self-criticism, pretty high level of uh, a history of self-condemnation, those kinds of things. Oh, I'm not doing enough, never feel like I'm doing enough. Affects how I think about myself, how I see myself. Oh, I'm not doing enough, should be doing more. No matter what I'm doing, should be doing more. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that feels that way, right? Lots of us struggle with that. I'm, not, I'm just not doing enough. I should be doing more. Now, the thing is with that, on the surface, that seems like a good desire. But on the surf, but problem is, that means I already have the mindset that I'm trying to measure myself against probably against other people or what I get think other people expect or what I think I should be doing, all these different things that I'm trying to measure myself on. And the problem with that is, is that second, um, if I'm measuring myself and trying to think, hmm, am I doing enough? That's a, that can be very discouraging, very depressing, because I never feel like I'm doing enough, so I feel bad about myself. The other scary part is, probably the more scary part, is when you start to think that you are doing enough. You start to get that pride, start to get that boast that we just talked about. Oh, look at what I'm doing for the Lord. Look at how skilled I am. Look at how strong I am in this area. Look at how both those issues come from the same problem. They're both they're both, I'm trying to figure out if I'm doing enough or not. When the real question is, am I just serving without trying to get the good feeling from it? Because a lot of us, a lot of people go into serving, like I've just given you those other examples. I'm ready to serve as long as I'm getting a good feeling from it. As long as I get the I get to be the hero. I get to get the good feeling from it. That second question, am I getting enough out of it? That's the good feeling that I'm talking about. So I'm doing this, and, and what happens when I start to say, well, yeah, I'm serving and I'm trying to, to help with this, uh, this work that we're doing, but you know, it's just not making, it's just not rewarding to me. I don't feel like I'm getting enough out of it. What happens when we start to do that? We get discouraged, kind of get like, eh, doesn't mean that much to me because I'm not getting something out of it. That's going to wear us down. That's going to discourage us and say, maybe maybe we're not, maybe we think boast and we think, no, I I don't go around telling other people how much I'm doing. How How do you feel about yourself on the inside, though? Do you tell yourself on the inside, either I'm not enough or, wow, look at, look, at, look at what I'm doing. I feel very good from this. Let's look at Luke 10. Luke 10, 17. 
So Jesus had given, let's give some context here, Jesus had anointed these 72 disciples to go out and do this ministry, and that's, that's great. The 72 return with joy, in verse 17, say, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, he being Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. If I can just take this verse and apply this to us, if if you've heard the prophetic words that have come out of prayer meetings and what God's been saying, to, we're about to walk into something amazing. I... I don't know exactly what it'll look like, but it sounds like we're about to launch into something really amazing. And the enemy can't stop us, but we can stop ourselves <laughs> if we have the wrong attitude. God, I, I love that Jesus like, I, hey, yeah, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you all this authority. The enemy can't harm you. Nothing will stop you. But don't rejoice that the sim- spirits are submitting to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is it. This is how we get to this point. How do we escape this trap of, uh, I feel good about myself because I'm serving, or I don't feel good about myself, but I'm trying to from serving. Do you, do you understand what I mean when I'm, uh, that insecurity that says, oh, I'm not doing enough, I'll try to do more, but you're still chasing a good feeling that... Either you, you won't reach it, like, hey, I'm going to try to keep serving and serving and serving, and you'll never get that true satisfaction. You'll get discouraged and stop. Or you'll get to a point where you do have that feeling, and then you're prideful and boastful. So both, both ways you lose. If, you, if you're chasing after a good feeling from serving, either way, whether you achieve it or not, you're, you lose either way. So what's the answer? Uh, Luke 17, verse 7. I want to go back to the title of this message, Unworthy Servants. And that sounds like, oh, well, shame on them. That that must be something that we avoid, right? We we don't want to be those unworthy servants. Let's see what Jesus says about it. Luke 17, verse 7. Suppose one of you has has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Okay, so Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to relate to this. Okay, you have a servant, and he, he's out there, he's plowing, he's looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down and eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty. So Jesus, I'm going to give you some context for this, because right before this, the disciples say, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus uses the analogy of the mustard seed. So if you have faith like a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move, and it'll move. We love that verse in, in, the, in the Christian circles, especially... Pentecostal charismatic circles. Oh, we love those verses. Then he follows it up with this, which I don't hear quoted nearly as often 
as those other verses. Because he says, hey, you want to understand how this works? Okay. Relate to the servant. The servant works all day, and then he comes in, and does his master say, oh, thank you, what a great job. Now, you, you sit down and, and get something to eat? No. Servant works all day and comes in, and the master says, prepare my dinner. You know, get, get yourself cleaned up, prepare my dinner, serve me, and then you can, can eat and, and have, have your time. And he doesn't say thank you for it, because the servant's supposed to do that. And Jesus says, this is the same way you need to think. We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Jesus is actually calling us to be, to, to think of ourselves as unworthy servants. Say, how much do I need to do? How much ministry do I need to do to the point that I feel like I've arrived and I doesn't exist. That, that point's not real. There's, there's not a point where I've done so much that I can boast in what I've done. That, that's not a thing. It's all for His glory. And God, he's, the work He's doing, he's, He does through us for His glory, not for ours. Right back to that Matthew 5.16. So, how do we how do we sustain that? And if you and if you're like me, you say, "How can I keep working if there's no emotional payoff to it? If there's not that level that I reach that oh, I've 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 done all this, I've arrived. None of that. Realize first of all, that doesn't exist. There's no point where we get to that point where we're like, ah, oh, I've I've done so much that I can boast in what I've done. No. What did Jesus say in Luke 10? Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. So the demons were submitting to him. He says, don't, don't rejoice about that, but rejoice. Your names are written in heaven. There's the strength. The security does not come from what I've done. Security comes from who I belong to. I'm saved. He's rescued me. I'm sa- There's my security. There's my rest. There's my peace. I belong to him. Now I can work from that sense of security and that sense of peace. My security, my peace, my self-worth doesn't come from the works I'm doing. It comes from Him. Then I'm able to do those works. And I can keep doing those works whether I get to be the hero or not. Whether I get to lead the special forces team or whether I'm sitting in a cubicle uh, and doing endless paperwork. Whether I'm flying the fighter jets or I'm working in the kitchen whether I get to do what I thought I wanted to do or what I thought I was going to get to do, that's no longer what's fueling me. That's not where the energy comes from. The strength to keep, to keep serving, keep going on, comes from that I belong to Him, and this is all for His glory. And if somebody else seems like they're getting in my way or trying to take what, what I'm trying to hang on to, I can release that. I can let that go because that's not, that's not where I get my sense of peace or my strength. I've taught, I've taught classes or I do in-reach or whatever. Hey, as we're expanding things, there's going to be other teachers. And if I hang on to, well, hey, hey, I'm, I'm Jason. I'm, the, I'm this Bible teacher. I have to hang on to this to feel good about myself. That's going to be a problem because I'm going to stifle other people from growing and becoming teachers. I've got to be willing to take my hands off that and encourage them. Hey, you want the, you want the, class, the, spot, the uh, spot on the schedule that I was going to have a class? Yeah, you can have it. You, you need, 
We need, we need more teachers. That brings glory to God. We need more Bible teachers. Take, take my spot. I'll, I'll, I'll encourage you to. You can have it. You are more, more people are doing inreach things. Hey, it's not really Jason and Tracy's thing anymore. It's a bunch of people are doing inreach. Great. We need more. That's exactly because I'm not, that's not where the, who I am is coming from. Where I, where who I am, my self worth coming from is him. If it's the worship team or if it's any, whatever thing, if it's the worship team, hey, add more worship team members. What if, Somebody doesn't feel special anymore. That's hey, that's okay. Let that go. Your value comes from him, not from not from what you're doing on the stage, not from from whoever's preaching. Same thing. That freedom to just say, "Hey, somebody else can do this. That's great. I don't need I don't need that to, to I'm not trying to feel like a hero here. I'm trying to feel like an unworthy servant who can say, "All I've done is what I've been told to do. I don't get to boast about that." Because all I did was what I what what my master told me to do. Now, hey, this might have been a little short, but if worship team wants to come on back, I will. Uh, we'll wrap this up with a challenge. The unworthy servant realizes that we can never do enough to feel good about ourselves. There's no room for us to boast. That good feeling we want comes from the peace in knowing Him. Our work and service to Him is always imperfect. If we understand this, we will be free to be the unworthy servants He wants us to be. I know that's not typically what you think of you hear unworthy servants, but that's what God is calling us to think like. The other translations say unprofitable servant. If something's unprofitable, basically break even. Like, yeah, I didn't really add anything to it. All I did was what I was told to do. We're, we're working, we're out ministering. We're just doing what God's told us to do. We don't get to boast about it. He gets the glory for it. We're, we, we, don't, we definitely don't want to compete with each other, trying to get a position or trying to get something that feels good, feels good to us. Hey, we're, we're all servants trying to do what our, our master told us to do. And we can, right now, today, tap into the peace of, that we belong to him. And we don't, have to, we don't have to prove ourselves or do anything to have that peace. Right now, we can say, hey, I belong to him. That's secure. I feel good about that. And now I can move forward and serve whatever he tells me to do. Let's, let, let's, um, let's stand. Let's worship. But let's also... If if anybody wants prayer, come and pray. But I really I do I believe this is largely going to be a personal decision within our own hearts of what are we going to do going forward? Are we going to chase a good? Are we going to chase a feeling like hey I'll yeah I'll serve as if I get to be the hero or if I get to be if I get to do the stuff I want to do or do the stuff that maybe nobody wants to do, but do it from a point of yep I belong to God. I don't need the credit. He gets all the glory. We're good. Let's, I'll move forward with it. I, I pray that you cons- that you uh, contemplate that in your hearts. Let's worship the Lord. Anybody wants to pray for any reason? Be happy to pray with you. Let's uh, let's worship now.
like. I'm going to invite all of you, if you're, if you're comfortable with it, to come up front here. I'm going to ask all of you that are willing, you're comfortable, come up front and let us commit ourselves that we are going to be this kind of servant. We're going to be this unworthy servant. I, w- I want us to pray as a, as a church family about this. This is such a deep temptation within the, the body of Christ. It's such a vulnerable time to step out in something like this. I'm, I'm going to lead us, but uh, just pray on your own as well. Lord, Lord, you see this group standing before you. Lord, even now I feel Lord, your, your boldness to declare over this group. Lord, that we want to be these, uh, this unworthy servant who just says, uh, all we're doing is what we were told to do. We can't take any credit. We can't boast about it. All we did is, all we've done is what our master has told us to do. We, we're unprofitable. We're unworthy of any boasting, Lord. You get all the glory. Lord, help this, help this church family to shine our light for you, but the when people see it, they glorify you and not us. Lord, deal with us on a very deep personal level to find that security in you that says, I, I don't need the credit because I already belong to God. I already won because I know him. The thing I'll boast about is that I had the understanding to know him. That's what you've told us in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah there, Lord. We boast, we boast that we have the under, at least we have the understanding to, to, to know you, to meet, to meet you. Let us boast about you. Let us testify what you've done in our lives. Let us brag about our God. Tell the people around us how special you are, Lord. Give us boldness. Give us uh, confidence in you. We don't need to chase it for ourselves. That we realize that glory that we try to take for ourselves takes away from you, Lord. We want to give it all to you. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. you to keep on worshiping let the Lord do his work I'll go ahead and close this in a word of prayer but I don't want to disrupt what God's doing here but thank you for this thank you for this very sweet time with you in your presence Lord encourage us work in us Lord that we meet together next Sunday new campus at 11 o'clock and Lord that we're ready to serve you ready to let a light shine to other people and make sure you get the glory for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Ask your blessing on this church family that I thank you so much I get to be a part of. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.